Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Unstoppable Together podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Brooks, and today I'm joined by Senior Vice President Josh Petty of Booz Allen's Legal Department, and we're going to be talking about Diversity Labs Mansfield Rule and Certification. Josh, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to talk with you today. Jenny, thank you. I'm delighted to be here. Can you first start us off by sharing with us what is the Diversity Labs Mansfield Rule? Sure. Well, it is building on many best practices to increase diversity in different workplaces. But the diversity, the uh, Mansfield Rule was established by Diversity Lab with a primary goal of boosting representation of historically underrepresented lawyers. And specifically, it requires certification regarding legal sourcing, how companies buy legal services, and it is a true commitment to improving diversity profile of legal departments. Writ large, no matter what the practice, and is that right? Yeah, short answer is yes. You know, it's trying to create opportunities for historically underrepresented lawyers to be visible and to increase their roles in leadership. You know, many legal organizations, whether it's law firms or government or in-house legal departments like the one that I'm part of, have not done a great job historically of creating uh, leadership opportunities for underrepresented lawyers. So what Mansfield's designed to do is to really make sure that they move the needle on that and that they cause these organizations that employ lawyers to create more opportunities at all levels, not just entry level and the middle tier, but really in the leadership level as well. Okay, cool. And under your leadership, your team worked on getting certification for Booz Allen. What does that That's look right. like? That's right. It was, first of all, it was a great opportunity for us to come together and talk about a really important business imperative and one that our employees believe in. So it was a fun topic to, to engage in, but it also required us to challenge ourselves on some practices that perhaps we hadn't always thought through, the practices we'd inherited. But we assembled a team of approximately 40 members of the team that spanned over a year, a year and a half, to really challenge our processes on how we hire, how we promote, how we elevate, how we assign work. And our discussions around process changes sort of extended beyond just the legal department. And we looked at some of the teams we work closely with, but our desire to, and the reason we included so many people was we wanted to be as inclusive as, as possible. And we wanted to bring all stakeholders to the table to try and implement these best practices, but do so on a durable, sustainable basis, not just for a certification, but to make sure this is part of how we actually operate long-term. As a legal department joining in this endeavor, we are amongst the second cohort of legal departments pursuing certification, which speaks to our desire to be the forefront of change. Our longstanding commitment to DEI will be strengthened by the Mansfield rule as we recruit, retain, and advance the next generation of legal leaders to help shape the transformational work we do as a business and for our clients. As we're in these conversations through this podcast or in the community, I think there's so much conversation around the changes or the strategies to employ to increase diverse representation in a number of fields at all sorts of roles, positions, and levels, right? What were some of the 
changes or strategies that you worked with the team on implementing to get the certification? Yeah, there were a number of things that we wanted to do differently because we did want to make meaningful and durable change. Through the process of, of becoming Mansfield certified, we have implemented a process of formally identifying and defining high visibility opportunities where we want to make sure we're thinking about these HVOs as opportunities for employees to get a lot of visibility, to have a stretch assignment, potentially position them for additional growth or promotion, and to be very purposeful about how we assign these. Likewise, when we look at promotions or hiring, we wanted to make sure that we had a tremendous amount of transparency built into the processes, but very specifically, wanted to make sure we always had a diverse slate of candidates. So whether it was for HVOs, new hires or promotions, we wanted to make sure that the candidate list was diverse. And ultimately, we're going to hire the best, we're going to promote the best, we're going to elevate the best, but it's about having that diverse slate and being very purposeful about that and making sure that is second nature and not just acting quickly sometimes, but making sure we really think this through and be very methodical about it. You know, as you're talking, I'm reflecting on just the recent Supreme Court nomination and Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson. And my father was a public defender. And, you know, just sort of my own experience and journey in watching his career, but the lessons and the perspectives and the insights that, you know, his career as a public defender brought into our home. And I was struck by sort of the conversation around having a nominee who was a public defender. And the juxtaposition against previous nominations to the Supreme Court. In your experience, how does that show up? Why is this important, not just for legal departments, but obviously it's something that can be extrapolated more broadly into organizations. So what is your view on, you know, the importance of this approach? Well, and that's a fascinating opportunity for you to see this through the lens of your father. She's actually been fairly impactful in my life because her daughter was a classmate of my son's. And so uh, there's been a lot of interaction there and, and she is extraordinary and doing, she's bringing a diversity of perspective. And that's what this is really about. And yes. I believe there is a business imperative for the Supreme Court to be diverse and to have that diversity of perspective. And I believe there's a similar requirement that we have that diversity of thought and perspective in the business place as well. And this is truly is about doing what's right and equitable, but also what is truly a business imperative. This is not about checking a box. This is about making sure we really consider lots of perspectives and then build the best possible outcomes, the best solutions for our clients. And it ultimately, it comes down to and aligns with the company's mission, right? To empower people to change the world. And to do that, we have to build in equity in everything that we do. So we can empower and grow the diverse talent that we that we have and that we want to grow. And how does the work of this getting the certification? I mean, it strikes me that the actual certification is probably a very you know tangible, important step in support of, in our case, Buzan's DEI strategy and our action plans as we move forward. How, how does this help? It's entirely consistent with our objectives and our and the true essence of Volt. And in many respects, the objectives of Volt and the objectives of Mansfield are, are entirely aligned. 
this happens to be a formalized way of recognizing and acknowledging the commitment, the ongoing commitment that the legal department is is making. And we'll have to continue to keep pace with the with the evolving best practices that are promulgated as a result of our commitment to Mansfield and, and diversity labs. I mean, there's a long life cycle to this, right? We are starting with helping nurture and advance future lawyers through our commitment and, and association with law students. And, you know, this summer we had the benefit of having legal scholars through some of the diversity programs we work with do a portion of their internship with the company. Uh, we did that with in partnership of, of outside counsel, but it provided them an opportunity to see what it's like to be in-house. And that's a very important opportunity for law students because the vast majority of law students are thinking about which law firm they're going to land with. Mm -hmm. They're saddled with a tremendous amount of debt and the way to, to, to make the economics work is go to big law. Mm -hmm. There are other paths though, going in-house, maybe not initially, maybe initially it can be a very rewarding and very satisfying career as well. But one that's not as well understood to law students and particularly law students who may be the first generation lawyers and not have seen the wide array of different opportunities for lawyers. And so this is trying to, to help sort of build the, the pipeline through these programs. We participated in a scholars program that was really quite rewarding, I believe, for the individual intern as well as for the department at large to share their perspectives and to learn from the tremendous intern we have. You know, I think that the legal industry, when people ask law firms, you know, how are you doing on diversity? I've been asking that question for over a decade. Historically, you get a response that would be, you know, we're doing better than most, but we're we're struggling and it's it's hard. And they would talk about structural issues and not enough candidates. And that was the answer that we seem to hear for about 10 years. Mm -hmm. uh, we're challenging that now and forcing hirers of you know employers of, of lawyers to engage differently. And I recognize this is a you know a very big ship to move as a very sort of entrenched profession. But if companies like ours who buy legal services, we vote with our checkbook and we put pressure on law firms to operate in align with our values, then that can be very influential in causing change in this industry. You know, there are questions that we will ask when we're interacting with, when we're buying legal services. We can ask a number of questions to, to increase the diversity of the team of lawyers supporting us. Sometimes that starts with a question around, and it hits right at the purse of the, the wallet of the, of the law firm, but who gets the origination credit for this engagement? Who will do the work? Who will get promoted because of this work? and making sure that the team that sells the project is the team that delivers the project. And so we truly have the diversity of thought, both at the sales process as well as the delivery process. And I can tell you that even in the middle of the night, when Nancy Laban and I have had to retain lawyers for urgent matters, the question of who will deliver and will you have a diverse team has come up and has been a deciding factor in who we work with. So it's not lip service, it's actually operationalized and then the simple measure of ensuring we have a much more diverse pool of candidates, especially for senior positions, but at all levels, that will change the composition of those leaders over time. 
those are a couple of areas where I believe we can we can truly transform the the profession and create many many more positions of his, to be filled by historically underrepresented lawyers. I love that. In our side of the business, in the consulting world, we also see an increased demand for career mobility and diverse career experiences. Is that part of the change you think that we'll be trying to support as well? So that if you go to big law or you go in-house or is there an opportunity here to enable diverse career mobility for an attorney's career path? Or what does that look like, do you think? The short answer is yes. The type of people we hire tend to always want to take on bigger stretch assignments. They want to grow. I can't think of anybody in the department who is satisfied that this is where they want to end their career. They want to grow. They want to do more. So to cause that to be an option is through agility, is through stretch assignments, is through rotating people sometimes out of the comfort zone of what they know. You know, lawyers tend to be very specialized when they start. They tend to focus on a particular area of law. In the case of Booz Allen, they may focus on government contracting or employment law or investigations or securities law or M&A. But creating opportunities for them to focus on multiple different areas and to stretch is a way to really create opportunities to grow. We, we have had lawyers work in the IP space and then stretch and pivot to work in the environmental social governance space, sometimes anchoring back to skills they learned many, many years ago or experiences they had when they first graduated law school. We have other examples of folks pivoting to work in adjacent areas to grow and to expand. We've moved folks from GovCon to investigations, from investigations to litigation. The skills are transferable. The judgment is, is transferable, but it's about breaking down the barriers and saying, hey, you can try this and giving people a safe environment to try and to explore and to, to make that stretch assignment and not feeling like they just have to be doing the one thing that they're really good at doing. It also brings immeasurable value to the organization because we can simplify the number of people we need to engage in a matter if they have the agility to handle an issue spot, all of the types of, of complexities of the matter and not focus sort of narrowly on the, the their primary or their original discipline. I love that. Josh, at the end of every podcast, we give our guests some free space to share their final thoughts. What would you like to leave our audience with today? Well, thanks for the opportunity to talk. I, I Before going to law school, I went to business school, and I actually wasn't sure I was going to go to law school. I think of myself as a businessman, and when I think about Mansfield and what we're doing in the legal profession, I view that most of the things we're doing here could actually be transferable to every profession. I, I think that transparency and revisiting historical norms can be hard if you really want to be honest with yourself, but ultimately it's, it's, it's essential to sort of create more equitable processes. And I believe that we can make meaningful change through the enhancements that we've put in place. I don't consider any of them to be painful. I consider them to be good common sense that drive a really essential business imperative, and it's the right thing to do for individuals. So it's a win-win. But I really don't think this is just a about lawyers. It just happens to be that this is a way we could anchor onto it, but we could apply this to any number of our organization. And I think that in many respects, the organization does this. We, we endeavor to be as transparent and as inclusive as possible. We endeavor to empower potential. We challenge our leaders to focus on inspire belonging. We endeavor to use our, our very important and meaningful and voice to advance equity 
and resilience. And I think that what we're doing in, in, with Mansfield is, is very exciting. It must continue to be part of the fabric of how we operate this department. And I'm very excited about its sort of durable and long-term positive impacts. Thanks, Josh. Thank you. I enjoyed the conversation.